Man, we're excited to have you guys here. We are in the Unplugged series, and I, it was so funny when we were filming that video. Uh, I took the interns out, and our I man, put your hands together for our production team and our interns because they do a great job, and we appreciate. <clears throat> excuse me, we appreciate them and. I took them out there and they said, are we going to stage some of this? And so like we staged Tim and Keisha. I was like, here, like you talk and you look away or whatever. And, and then snatched the phone out of her hand. So he wasn't really that mad. He just did it because I told him to. And, but uh, so we had some of those things. I said, they were like, are we going to stage all of these? I said, we're going to stage a few. But what I want to see is I bet you uh, that at some point we're not going to have to stage and people are just going to fall into their natural habitat of just staring at their phones mindlessly. Uh, and so Tommy in the park and most of them at the dinner table. That was all just people in their natural habitat. Like we were just filming them and they didn't know it. So uh, it was pretty funny. But the Unplugged series, let's get right into part two today. Take out your sermon notes you should have got on the way in the door. Today we're going to talk about uh, overcoming the obstacles. Turn to your neighbor and say, overcoming the obstacles. Overcoming the obstacles. See, uh, again, like we just talked about, right, is that the uh, social media technology is a format. It is an outlet, but it is not the problem. Today, we're going to talk more about social media technology, but that may not be the obstacle for you. That's why all of these messages still apply to you, no matter if you use technology or not. Now, we need to apply this to technology, but for you, you may need to apply it in some other area of life, but it all applies because it's all scripture and it's all what God is trying to tell us. Amen. So let's jump straight into it. Colossians 3 is our, our verse for this series. And Colossians 3 says, uh, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then it goes on to say, verses five through 10, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Now get this, I wanna like, I, I wanted you to see this. These first three words right here, it says put to death, right? Put to death. Does that mean like toy with it occasionally? Does that mean like allow it in our life partially? And I used the analogy last week because Matt Chandler is one of the, he used one of the best analogies I've ever heard on Colossians 3. And he was talking, how many guys have ever seen that TV show when animals attack? Have you guys ever seen that show before, right? And like they're, they're trying to sell like shampoo. So what do they do? They lay a girl in a bikini on top of a tiger or something, right? So they can sell head and shoulders or whatever it is. And, and so when she's laying there, what happens, right? The tiger attacks the woman. And, and like, I find myself rooting for the tiger constantly, right? Like, why? Because you shouldn't lay on top of a tiger. Because it's like an apex predator. It's gonna do what it was made to do, right? And that's eat anything else other than itself. So, like, so, but we were, he was talking about that. Chandler was saying, oftentimes we treat areas of our life that we know God doesn't approve of like a well-trained tiger, Right? We think that as long as we keep it under control, everything's fine. It's only a matter of time before that thing turns on you and destroys you. All right? And so when uh, Paul's talking to you in Colossians, he's saying, don't toy with it. Put it to death. Like, don't toy with that tiger or that lion that is sin in your life or that is an obstacle or that is distractions or that is approval. Don't toy with that stuff. Let's eliminate it completely so we can pursue after what God has for us. Amen? Turn, turn to your neighbor and said, put it to death. There you go. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Goes on to say that you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. 
All right. Goes on to say, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator, which is God, right? So we don't lie with each other. Since we've taken off the old self, we put on the new self. We walk in Christ. We've been renewed. And so we do that. And so what we're talking about here is oftentimes social media, uh, technology, obstacles, approval tends to drive us away from God. But what God, in fact, wants to do in us is draw himself or draw us closer to himself. We become more like Christ. How many guys will acknowledge we, can, we still got a ways to go to become more like Christ in our life, right? So last week I made a challenge to you. I want to quickly uh, introduce this, this, the challenge to you real quick. And it was, we're going to try this for a month, right? So the first thing we're going to try uh, in the challenge is prioritize face-to-face relationships. We went on small group last night. We went to the dinner small group. If you didn't get invited, it's because you didn't sign up. If you didn't sign up, that's your fault. All right. We had fun. No, I'm just kidding. So uh, we're, we're prioritizing face-to-face relationships. And when we're doing that uh, at our small group, we put all of our phones in a basket at the dinner table uh, so that none of us could just mindlessly scroll through dinner. Uh, We actually had to talk to each other and have conversations. I know that's crazy for some of you, but it was awesome. You should try it sometime. Next is charge your phone in another room at night. Charge your phone in another room at night. Why? Because oftentimes we tend to uh, either not to communicate with the Lord uh, as we're ending our day. Uh, if we wake up in the middle of the night, we tend to just randomly get on our phone and start scrolling and looking for information. Or we wake up first thing in the morning and we neglect giving God the first of our day because some of us go straight to our cell phones uh, or straight to something else. And God needs to be the priority. So we want to charge our phone in another room at night so we're not tempted to do that. The third thing uh, is that we want you to uh, not cave or don't cave into filling up your idle time. Uh, And so we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, The fourth one is uh, delete or move your apps on your cell phone. How many guys have ever opened your phone with the intention of looking up someone's phone number and didn't even realize that, but you went straight to a different app, like one that you go to commonly? Has anyone ever done that before? Okay, the rest of you are lying. Congratulations. So delete or move your app. And then last, commit to a schedule. Um, And this is one that I want to encourage all of you to do. Commit to a schedule, man. And so uh, if you say... For example, myself, uh, Tuesday nights and Friday nights, and sometimes we fluctuate between Fridays and Saturdays, uh, Tuesday nights and Friday nights, I don't have my phone on me. If you try to call me, you're not going to get a hold of me because I'm with my wife, all right? And my schedule is I turn my phone off on Tuesday nights because if I leave it on, people call me all the time. Therefore, my wife doesn't get the attention she deserves as my wife, and then she gets neglected so that I can be paying attention to other people. So I turn it off so I can prioritize the important people in my life, uh, which is my wife and my son. So how many of you guys are ignoring important people in your life because you can't put your phone down? It's quiet today, right? So that's what we're going to do. Man, they're making me move fast. All right. So the (laughs) the first step in overcoming obstacles, right? Overcoming obstacles. We want you to see the first step is uh, that we need to go and take out, you know, sacrifice selfishness. And you guys don't have to clear the screen. You can just leave it up there. We don't have to keep clearing it. So sacrifice selfishness, right? What do I mean by that? See, the problem is many of us in life have this genuine desire to be known, like for people to know who we are, to be seen, to be remembered. Like we have this desire for people to to know us for something great, right? And so what happens is we constantly 
pursue people knowing who we are. We constantly pursue someone knowing our name. And if we're not careful, we won't realize that we have pursued being known so much that we have not pursued God being known in us. Like we wanna be famous so badly that we don't make Jesus famous in our life. Like who's the hero of your story? Is it you? Like, are you working so hard for you to be the hero of your story? I love when people come to me all the time and they're like, man, I was, I'm going through this. So I'm reading through the Bible, trying to figure out, I'm just trying to hear from God. Um, can, I, I wanna encourage you in something. And I've said this before in another message, um, but we're not the heroes. Like when we read the Bible, we, I, I used to read the Bible and I would read like a story of Job, right? Or I would read the story of David and Goliath or, or what, and I'd be like, oh man, like I'm David, right? Like I wanna sling the stone. I wanna kill the giant in life. How many of you guys have ever been there before? I wanna, I wanna sling the stone. I wanna kill the giant in life. It's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna be victorious. And then I realized one day, that I'm not David, right? Jesus is David, right? I, I'm, I'm the Israelites huddled up in a corner hoping to God I make it through this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I'm not the one slinging the stone. I'm the one hoping I don't die in the corner while Jesus is the one being victorious in and through my life on my behalf. It's not because I'm great. It's because his great. And so some of you guys need to realize and some of us have to remember, right? That it's not because of our goodness. It's not because we're awesome. It's not because we're victorious. It's because God in his mercy allowed us to be victorious in situations. He chose to be gracious. He chose to be merciful and give us victory when we were huddled up in the corner, hoping we didn't die. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, it is rough. So what happens? It's the same thing. Like David and Goliath or Jonah and the whale. We think that we're the ones that's going to like get swallowed. and It's going to be awesome. We're going to like go on this mission for God. No, we're the ones throwing him over the edge, right? Hoping that we don't drown. And so we have to sacrifice selfishness. Here's this thing, uh, the quote that I wrote down. It's not in your notes. Your story doesn't make you unique. Your redemption does. Let that sink in for a second. Your story doesn't make you unique. Everyone's got a story. Like everyone has something they can tell about how rough life was at one point in time and things got bad. Yeah, everyone has that. You're not special. I'm sorry. I know your mom told you you were or whatever, but you're not, right? Like everyone has a story of how things got bad. What makes, what makes your story special is redemption. And you know who, who's the only person that can bring redemption into your life? Jesus Christ is the only person that can bring redemption and a plan and a purpose into your story. So your story, not so great. What God's gonna do with it is amazing. So let's surrender that to God. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, uh, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit right? How many people see that on social media nowadays? Like, dear God, would you stop with the selfies? You know what I'm saying? Like just, oh, anyways, moving on. I see some of y'all looking at other people. You, he's talking to you right now. But with humility of mind and regard one another as more important than yourselves, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Let's not be so focused on us that we lose sight of God, that we lose sight of people, that we lose sight of the mission, that we lose sight of the 
purpose that God has given us. Even your story has a purpose. He wants to use your story to impact other people so that they can have a story. Why? All pointing back to the goodness and the sovereignty of a living God. And so, man, we have to point back. Um, Aaron James, one of my best friends, he, had, he put a quote out on Twitter the other day. I know that's terrible because we're talking about not using social media and technology, but uh, it was too good. I had to borrow it. He says, our consumerism has us always searching for something new when in reality there is a deep joy and satisfaction in the routine and seemingly mundane. In other words, like we have this habit of constantly trying to find the new great thing. But there needs to be a joy. There's a joy deep in my spirit when I wake up every morning and I open my Bible and I get out my journal that is an actual pen with actual paper, right? And I get out those things and I start reading my Bible and journaling out what I'm reading and downloading from God what he is communicating to me through his word. Like there is a genuine joy. There is a genuine joy deep in my soul when I sit down and I have a moment of idle time and instead of pulling out my cell phone and seeing what's going on in the world around me, right? That I just stop for a minute and I look around at the trees or I look at the sunset or I look at the, the landscape, or I look at the animals that are around me, um, or, or, or not just people, animals, but actual animals. Like, like I look at the people around me, and I, look at, and I look at God's creation. Last night we were at dinner, and off to the left, man, there was beautiful, the sky was blue and orange and just all those things, and I, and I looked at it, and I couldn't use my phone because it was in the basket, and I just marveled at the majesty and the beauty that God had created in the sky in that moment, and how how many of us miss that because we're constantly consumed by something in life? Like there's a joy that comes out of routine and what's happening around us. So, man, we have to concentrate on that. And so, uh, man, I, I, when talking about sacrificing selfishness, it reminds me of like the difference between men and women. How many guys know there's a difference between, well, there's an obvious mental difference between men and women, Right. The rest of y'all confused? Like, what y'all doing, right? Like, <laughs> psychology class down the hall right after service. We're gonna teach y'all a few things. No, like the, the obvious difference between men and women, I was talking to my wife the other day and one of our friends is going through something. And so he came to me and he's like, hey, I'm going through this right now. Uh, and I said, oh man, I'm gonna pray for you. And so uh, I said, you know, obviously anytime I'm gonna pray for someone, I ask them, like, do you mind if I tell my wife so that we can be praying together for you? And he said, yeah, no problem, you tell her. And so I went home and I said, baby, you know, so-and-so is going through this. And she said, oh, what happened? And I said, he's going through this. Yeah, but what happened? I don't know. She, he, that's all he told me. Well, why didn't, why didn't you ask more questions? Because that's all he told me. If he wanted me to have more information, he would have gave it to me, right? Like, he, but he didn't, so I didn't ask more questions. She's like, you never ask questions. Because he would have told me more if he wanted me to know more, right? And I realized in that moment that there's a significant difference between men and women. Like, women want to get, yeah, right? Some of y'all. So, ladies, when, when your man doesn't come home with more information, it's because he's wired that way, okay? So don't ask him why he didn't ask more questions. He didn't ask questions because there weren't more questions to ask, okay? More importantly, he was tired and he didn't feel like asking more questions. So like, but the whole idea, right, is, is this whole thing uh, is 
that women want to get to all the details, but men want to get through all the details. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're, we're genuinely not concerned. Like when people come up, that's why guys can get in a fight and be friends the next day. Right? Because we're just like, oh man, you messed me over. Oh, uh, hey, you want to go get pizza tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, cool. Right? Ladies, like someone painted their nails the same colors as yours six weeks ago and you're still angry about it. Anyways, moving on. So Y'all laugh because you know it's the truth, okay? That's all I'm saying. The next thing we have to do is we have to destroy distractions. I think this is where we're starting to get heavier into kind of what we're talking about today. Destroy the distractions in life. Destroy the distractions, man. That there are constantly things that are gonna pop up in front of us. There are constantly uh, ways that we're gonna be distracted in life. First Corinthians 6, 12 says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be uh, mastered by anything. Uh, and so, and Paul is saying here, like, yeah, I can do those things. Just because the Bible doesn't say you can't doesn't mean you should. Come on, somebody. Listen, just because the Bible, did, I talk to people all the time. Well, the Bible doesn't say I can't do that. Yeah, well, if it's going to lead to the end of your marriage, then maybe you should rethink it anyways, right? Like, just because the Bible doesn't say you can't doesn't mean you should. So don't be mastered by anything, even if you're allowed to do it, right? Uh, I, I thought these statistics were interesting. So, because uh, we're talking about social media, we're talking about technology. The YouVersion Bible in one month, right? In one month, uh, the YouVersion Bible, there was 554 languages downloaded in the YouVersion Bible app. That's awesome. Like 554 languages. The, the apostles never would have thought, right? They, they would never would have thought that you could carry the Bible in your pocket. Like, amazing, right? Uh, downloaded over 500 million chapters of the Bible in one month. People downloaded over 500 million chapters of the Bible. It is the most, uh, this, a, this Asian time is the most access the Bible has ever been in its history. How awesome is that, Right? That was a study by Barna. Check out these statistics, though, because uh, as good as that is, we've got some other information here. Um, the time on digital media per day, the average time someone spends on digital media per day, 2.8 hours. 2.8 hours. Uh, total number of app downloads, 6,250,000,000. 6 billion app downloads. So when you consider the fact that 500 million chapters of the Bible have been downloaded, but 6.25 billion other apps are being downloaded, people are, uh, so the Bible is being most accessed ever in its history, but people are most distracted from the Bible ever in its history. In other words, like there's far more fighting for our attention now than there ever used to be and so as awesome it is, is, as awesome as it is that the Bible is more accessible, the problem is, is we're more distracted than we've ever been in this day and age. Why? Because technology and other things are pulling us away from the purpose that God has for us. John MacArthur had this quote. I thought it was awesome. He said, the more you focus on yourself, the more distracted you will be from the proper path. Man, can, it, we could stop there, right? The more you focus on yourself, the more distracted you will be from the proper path. The more you know him and commune with him, the more the spirit will make you like him. 
Then it says, the more you are like him, the better you will understand his utter sufficiency for all of life's difficulties. And that is the only way to know real satisfaction. And what John MacArthur is saying here is the more we get distracted with life, the more we get distracted with everything that life presents us, but more importantly, the more that we distract ourselves. See, I was talking to someone the other day and they said that they love getting on social media because it distracts them from how bad their life really is. And I challenged them, I said, great, but how are you ever gonna seek out the sufficiency of God in your life if you're constantly distracted from what he's doing in it? And some of you think that you don't have to deal with your marriage because all you do is talk about how good it is on social media. You ain't fooling nobody. Some of you think that, some of you think that by talking, like by posting pictures of how much you love life, people aren't gonna recognize that you're depressed. People think that just because you put pictures of yourself wearing makeup, ladies on Instagram, that people aren't gonna know that you're insecure about the way that you look. Stop trying to hide from your difficulties. Stop being distracted from what's going on and start allowing God to be sufficient in everything that you are going through in life. Yeah, so um, Jim, and then uh, this next quote is from a awesome theologian, Brad Livingston. I actually had this in a sermon like two years ago. Many people will never accomplish great things because we're too distracted by those accomplishing mediocre things. Like we, we think someone is awesome. Uh, I have a friend, again, and you guys know I'm all about stories, right? I have a buddy of mine, um, a genuine call of God on his life, and he is so distracted by people that aren't even saved on social media. He's trying to be them, meanwhile completely abandoning the call of God on his life. I'm like, who cares if you accomplish all the, what is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul, man? Like, what is it to accomplish all these great things in life and never accomplish the only thing God wanted for you? And so, man, we have to recognize, like, God has a purpose. We're gonna get that in just a second. The next thing, uh, and you're filling the blanks, is the next thing you have to do after uh, destroying your distractions is that you have to calm the chaos. Calm the chaos. How many guys will admit that life is chaotic right now? Like there are things constantly fighting for our attention. There are things constantly distracting us. And if we're not careful, life gets chaotic, right? And so we have to calm that chaos. I remember I was, uh, I had left my phone at home on accident. Anybody ever done that before? And what is life, right? Like what do you do after that? You just sit at the desk like, you know, like <laughs> downtime, just gonna sit here. Uh, and so I had about a few hours, one of the people in the church was gonna bring me my phone because they were near my house, whatever. Uh, and so I remember, I, I have a bad habit, right? I don't text while I drive, I'm good about that. But if I'm at a red light and I know it's gonna be a minute, sometimes I'll pull up my phone and like text somebody, scroll through Facebook, I'm admitting it, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, don't throw stuff at me, okay, like I get it. But uh, sometimes I'll do that. And I know some of y'all do it too because I pulled up to some of y'all at red lights next to y'all and been like, mm-hmm. I see you on the phone. Anyway, so, but I, I, that day I was driving, I didn't have my phone. And so I had to look around me, right? Like, oh gosh, how bad is that? So I was looking around, I saw a guy standing on the street corner. I have 
Uh, I usually keep five or 10 bucks in my, the door of my truck just in case I see somebody uh, that needs something and the Lord puts it on my heart. So sure enough, uh, I went to give him the money and God was like, no, you pull in the parking lot and you go talk to him. And I was like, oh, that's not God. That's pepperoni pizza from last night. So like, <laughs> like I tried to push it off, you know, and God was like, no, you go talk to him. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, like I know it's terrible. I'm a pastor, but I, I will like, I was so concentrating on what I was doing that I forgot the fact that people are hurting and broken around us. So even I do that. So, uh, but he said, he said, go talk to him. I was like, fine. So I pulled him parking lot. I get out and I go talk to him. Uh, and so I brought him some money and I just said, hey man. And uh, uh, I said, how's it going? Which that probably wasn't the best thing to ask. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I mean, he was just like, man, you know, life is rough. And he started, but he, starts, he just starts telling me about life. And uh, as he's telling me about life, then um, I say, uh, I don't, he, he was telling me really pretty bad things that were going on. And I said, listen, man, I don't have the answer to all that. I really don't. Um, I said, but I know the person who's strong enough to take everything that you're going through and bring redemption, to bring a plan to it uh, and restore you uh, and give you an eternity and give you hope. And I, and I just started talking to him about Jesus. And, and I said, don't get me wrong, man. If you get saved today, it may not all turn around tomorrow. I'm not saying that's what's gonna happen, but uh, if you commit your heart to the Lord. And, uh, and he, he didn't that day. He said, I, I'll think about that. Uh, I ended up stopping by to see him. As I was preparing this sermon, uh, I actually ended up stopping by to see him this past week. Um, and I was actually able to lead him to the Lord this week in the parking lot. Uh, and so, and, and I say all that to say, yeah, sure. But uh, the, reason I, the reason I said that is, would I have seen him if I was constantly scrolling through my cell phone? Like how many people are around us that need the hope of Jesus, but we don't ever see him because God forbid we take a few minutes and look around us when we have idle time instead of scrolling through right? Uh, and so I just want to encourage you that, I mean, we have to kind of calm that chaos so that we can see people. Mark 6, 31 uh, says, then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat, right? So even Jesus, like Jesus in moments was like, hey man, we got to break away from these people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Jesus loved people, but he was like, man, we got to break away. Uh, and how many of us in life, we don't take care of the priorities in life because we're trying to meet everyone else's need, I'm gonna say that again, because you obviously didn't hear me. I said, how many of us don't prioritize the right people in life because we're trying to reach, meet everyone else's needs? How many of you, your marriage, your relationships, uh, your children, uh, your best friends, your family members, uh, you're sacrificing those relationships so that you can prioritize people that if they had a better offer and a heartbeat, they would leave you and go do something else with someone else? But no, 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 but they need me. No, they don't. They need help, but they don't need you. Tell them to call someone else. They called you last night and pulled you away from your wife. You don't need to leave tonight too. All right, write that down. Why? Because when you ask, see the problem is sometimes when we ask people how they're doing, we're not ready for the answer. Right, like for real, <laughs> like I walked up to someone the other day and I was like, hey man, how's it going? And then he started telling me and I was like, oh. You know? 
You know, I remember an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You guys remember Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? Like, you know, and uh, Je- Jeffrey asked Carlton, or the butler Jeffrey asked Carlton, he's like, how's it going? And Carlton starts telling him, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. You thought I actually wanted to know, you know? Like, that's how I felt in that moment, you know? Like, oh, I don't really want to know how things are going. No, it sounds terrible, but like, why? I was like going somewhere. I was walking out the door. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's rough. I'm like, oh, let's close the door. Never mind. We're going to be here a few minutes. So, but we have to calm the chaos around us, man. So we have to do that. I, I, I listed three things, man. I thought these were uh, applicable. They're in your notes. Three things that we can do to help calm the chaos because we need to limit these three areas. Number one, constant accessibility. We need to limit how much accessibility we constantly have in our life. Like how often are you constantly being accessed by the outside world? How, how often uh, do they have? And what I mean by that, like the format of uh, accessibility uh, the, is the is how many different ways they can get a hold of you, right? So how many different formats can people get a hold of you? Because however many formats people can get a hold of you is how many different ways you're being distracted by the important parts of life, right? So if people can, if if you have notifications turned on your phone for Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, text messaging, there's a loose one, right? Phone calls, who would have thunk it, right? Like if there, people can get away, email, some of us have like six email accounts. If all, man, how many different ways can you be accessed, right? We have to limit that. Number two is constant availability. Like how, how often are you available? I talked to a lady in the church a little while back when we were getting ready for this series. We were getting ready for this series back in February and she came up to me and I was just telling her, man, we have to be careful how much time we give to people. Like we have to be careful how much we're constantly available for everyone else. Listen, there needs to be times where you put your phone down and don't pick it up. And I know I've said that over and over again, but some of you are running the risk of losing relationships in your life that are important. And I'm not talking about people that you kind of talk to every once in a while. I'm talking about husbands and wives and family members. You are running the risk of losing and abusing those relationships because you can't put the phone down and close the laptop and put away the iPad and the iPad mini and the tablet and the iPod, right? You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, some of it, put it down. You have to, just going back to what we talked about, setting a schedule, man, put a schedule together, prioritize people. And then number three is constant amusement. Constant amusement. What do I mean by that? Like uh, the distractions, the amusement. Some of us uh, are never satisfied with who's sitting in front of us. So we're constantly getting on Facebook or Instagram so that we can find someone better than the person we're actually talking to. Like, oh, you're just not that interesting. Let me find someone more interesting. And we're scrolling through our phone while we're sitting in front of someone else. That's good preaching. I don't care what y'all say. For real, man. And I've, I've, I've witnessed that. Right? I'm sitting there having a conversation with someone and they pull out their phone and they start looking at someone they look up to's Instagram. And I'm like, I see where, like, I'm gonna go then because I got other people I can hang out with. Why? Because they're trying to, like, God forbid they have a moment where they have to think for themselves instead of being amused by someone else's posts. That's good stuff. Write that down. Put it on your kid's forehead. You'll remember more often. You know what I'm saying? Like, so 1 Corinthians 7, 35 says, I am saying this for your benefit, 
not to place restrictions on you, right? So uh, this is a, a different portion of conversation, but it's applicable to what we're talking about. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. In other words, I'm not telling you to get rid of, I'm not telling you to get rid of your phone. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, we need to serve the Lord better and we will definitely serve the Lord better if we're focused less on the world around us and focused on the world that is right next to us. The internet has given us amazing opportunities to take the gospel to places it would never have gone to before. Jesus said, greater works will you do in my name. Now, I don't know if you can beat raising the dead. You know what I'm saying? Like Jesus pretty much has that on lock, all right? Lazarus, come on out here, dog. That's the that's a Brad Livingston version. I don't know, like you can keep your King James or whatever. But <laughs> like he raises lives from the dead, man. Like so he does that awesome. Um, but how many of us know we're I, unless you got a relationship with the Lord, I don't know about, right? Like I'm not raising anyone from the dead right now. Um, so he didn't say greater things. He didn't say uh, great. He said greater works. In other words, Jesus could only reach one person at one time. Right now on live stream, there's potentially dozens or hundreds of people hearing this message. And we're gonna give an opportunity for every single one of them to meet Jesus here in a minute. Greater works will you do in my name, right? And so, man, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Why? This one reason, and it's the last fill in the blank, is because I want you to pursue God's promise in your life. And God has a plan for you. God has something he wants to do in you and through you. And many of us are never gonna accomplish that because we're too focused, like the quote earlier, we're too focused on people doing mediocre things. I promise you when uh, Pastor Chris Hodges at Church of the Highlands, the church runs 40 or 50,000 people right now. I promise you when he was 15 or 16 years old, he wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm gonna pastor a church of 50,000 people. What happened? He pursued God's promise and God fulfilled the call on his life. Uh, Stephen Furtick, I promise you, he didn't think he was gonna have all those people. Even going, let's take it back to uh, Billy Graham. I can promise you that when Billy Graham was younger or before he was fulfilling the call, he didn't recognize what God wanted to do in his life, but yet he stepped into the call. He pursued the promise that God said, I promise you, I'm going to use you for my glory. I'm going to do great things in your life. I'm going to do great things through your life. I'm going to touch people with the gospel. I'm going to transform eternity for thousands, tens, and hundreds of thousands of people's lives have been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ because somebody was willing to say yes. Somebody was willing to not be so distracted by what's going on around them. They weren't, they were overcoming the obstacles. It, it wasn't like Life didn't bring bad things. Life was bringing crazy things into their life. They were seeing other opportunities for them to do other things. They were distracted by people the same way we're distracted by people. The difference is they pursued the promise of God in their life more than they pursued anything else. And how many of us have the opportunity to take the gospel to a world that so desperately needs it? They need the hope. They need Jesus. They need to be transformed. They need to be delivered. They need to be brought into the majesty and the wonder of the God that created the universe. They need that message, but that message is in you. And we can't be so distracted by Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or the newspaper or the news channel or the magazine that we neglect the people that are around us every day. God wants to use you. And he wants to use you to touch a hurting and dying world. I neglect, I, I refuse to advertise the gospel that says that this whole thing is about you. 
but I will stand every single day and tell you that God wants to use you to make his name great. But he wants to know you. He wants you to sacrifice. So church, can we give God our attention and can we allow God's promise in our life to completely transform who we are so that we can see God's name great. You're not gonna fix this country through politics. You're not gonna fix this country through voting. You're not gonna fix this country through systems and government. The only way that you're gonna bring any sort of healing to this land is through God. And so let's put God first in our life today. Bow your heads with me. For those of you that are in this place, maybe you're here and you don't know God. First, I wanna pray over you as a church. God, we just pray right now that you eliminate distractions in our life. God, sometimes we get so fixed on famous people, on Facebook pages, uh, or even on magazine articles or newspaper clippings, or just the guy next door, that we forget that you have a purpose for our life. So God, I pray for every single person here today or watching us, that you would draw out purpose in their heart and in their life. Use them to take the gospel to a hurting and broken world. Eliminate our distract, destroy our distractions, calm our chaos, help us sacrifice our selfishness so that we can pursue your purpose, God. In Jesus' name, if you're in this place and you say, uh, Pastor Brad, I hear what you're saying and um, I think that's great, but Jesus isn't in control of my life. You see, folks, uh, Jesus went to the cross, and you may have heard that before, but sometimes we don't elaborate on what that means. See, we all have sin in our life. We are all hurting and broken people. And sin is in our life. Whether we like it or not, we were born into sin. And God looked at the world with sin in it and loved us so much that the Bible says he sent his son so that his son could live a perfect life die perfect and so that he could pay the price for us because we could never be perfect and God will only allow perfection into his gates so the difference is that you don't have to be perfect all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ that when he went to the cross he made a way so that you could walk into his righteousness you could walk into his perfection and that you could be seen in God's eyes as righteous if you're in this place today or if you're watching the live stream you say Jesus is not in control of my life, but I wanna surrender to him today. I wanna give God control. I wanna be saved. I wanna put my faith in Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand in this place? I wanna be saved. I wanna be saved. God bless you, God bless you. You put your hand in, you can put it down. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I wanna be saved. Hands are already going up. Is there anyone else? I wanna be saved. God bless you. I want Jesus to take control of my life. When I die, I wanna know that I'm going to heaven. God bless you. Here's what we're gonna do. We wanna pray this prayer. This prayer won't make you saved, folks. Putting your faith in Jesus Christ is the only way that you can be saved. The Bible says that we should repent of our sins. That means to turn away from it. 
and then we put our faith in Jesus Christ. So, but here's what we wanna do. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And if you're watching us on live stream, uh, I want you to pray it out loud. Scare the dog sitting next to you on the couch or something. Like, I don't care. Like just, we're gonna pray this out loud. And if you're in this place, the whole church is gonna pray it with you. And if you're watching us on live stream, we want you to pray it with us, right? Um, so let's all pray this together. And as you pray this, you're making a public declaration that you're giving your life to God. Say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying for me. Forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and that you resurrected. Through your, de- through your death, through your life, I can be saved. Thank you. I want to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, put your hands together for all those that prayed that, perhaps for the very first time today. We celebrate with you. Thank you so much.